Church, amen. Church, amen again. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the lively, ecstatic testimony of your people in worship. Thank you for the praise dancers, the choir. Thank you for the accomplishments of discipleship, for outreach. We thank you, Lord. You've been faithful. Thank you for our visitors, the bus ministry from the tri-state area. And we bless your name this morning. And we thank you. Now have your way. Meet us in your word. Convict, convince, if need be convert. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. We give honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We thank God for all of you, our co-laborers in the gospel, and thank God for my lovely wife coming up and Tanika Hurst and others who have come up on my behalf. May God bless you. This morning, I want to turn your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. When you get it, say amen. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen, to the glory of God by us. Mm. Unto the glory of God by us. This morning I want to dive into some meaty territory. God's promotion of his promises. God's promotion of his promises. God's people are constantly confronted with conflict and craziness as we are pressured, persecuted, and destined for pitfalls in our lives. God's people are protected by God's power as he provides to their lives promises. Let me, let me stop. That is, God is so deep that God sanctions something up front and let that something run knowing what it's going to run into, knowing what's going to hit it while it's running knowing what's going to attack it while it's going. And then God has factored in along the way these protective devices, the paraclete, the promises, and the power, so that when you get to a juncture of your life where you're struggling, God has already factored that in to the equation. He does not have to look over our lives every day figuring out what he's going to do. Because there are things that are unknown to you and I that God has engineered in. Lord have mercy. Without our expression of prayer, without our understanding of the problem itself. God has already answered the call for his help. 
And, 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 and it's in this context that there, there's a lot of static and noise about the promises of God. I have seen people and preachers take promises out of context. I have seen people claim things that claim things to people that have no character. Amen. Yeah. Promise people without principles. As if God is this force in heaven that will bless you regardless of how you live. And 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 and, and this this is this becomes very confusing to say the least that uh, that God, God gave over 3,000 promises in the word of God. He gave promises to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He gave promises to Israel, land, seed, and blessing. He gave promises throughout the covenants and dispensations of the Bible. He, he, uh, he, he, he continuously would give his people these promises, and these promises cannot take effect without the keeping of his principles. Yeah, and, 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 and when, you, when you divide promises and principles, you, you have already been polluted. When you think that God is going to make everything in your life all right when you don't care about him, when you don't live for him, when you don't pray to him, somebody has been feeding you a lie. And, and, and that's why Paul says, and we know that all things work together for the good. Now, if I stopped at the word good, you could claim that. But the verse doesn't stop there. It says, and we know that all things work together for the good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Do I have a witness? And it's, and it's here in 2 Corinthians 1.20 that we, 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 we learn an entire, entirely different hermeneutic to this particular provision of promises, the protection, the peace, the amen, the provisions that God is willing to give you, but we, we need a basis for the benefits. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so when you begin to look at this verse, Amen. And examine it closely. It says, for all the promises of God. Now here it is. Pay, pay close attention to the pronoun. In him are ye. In him. Amen. Amen. Unto the glory of God by us. In him and by us, Lord have mercy. In him, through him, from him, amen, originating in him for us, amen, listen, for us but from him. Can I get a witness? And, and, and what that tends to do is change somewhat the hermeneutic of what most of us have been taught. That, 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 that when you begin to look at this letter of 2 Corinthians, Paul is writing not only in defense of his apostleship and ministry, but Paul in the second letter is much more personal and more compassionate in the second letter than the first. First letter was written from Rome. Second letter to the Corinthians is written probably from Philippi. And Paul has experienced in this second letter some pain. Some real pain. One of the pains was Paul promised that he would come back to Corinth and he couldn't make it, so they called Paul a liar. You don't keep your promises. And, and, and I believe this is one of the reasons that prompted this thing on promises. Paul, Paul could not make it. Paul said we were delayed, we were sidetracked, uh, Satan uh, got the best of us, we just couldn't make it. The second reason he was upset is because he had to discipline a major church leader for open sin. And then uh, Paul had to come back and tell, all right, it's over with, forgive the man. 
restore him. And, and, and so this was a very painful letter for Paul to write. But it's in this context of 120 that we, we first see the formula to God's promises. And I, I want to look at this matter of the problem, the privilege, and the proposal. And if you can understand this, we can start to understand the makeup of the text because too many people isolate scripture by pulling one verse out and not understanding the full context that when we look at this verse, verse 20, God promises, listen to this, us, the redeemed, with both health and happiness, peace and prosperity, family and freedom, finances and fixtures, but amen, the actual formula to this whole verse is found in Deuteronomy 11, 22 and 23. Don't turn. I'm going to kind of synopsize it for you. That what Paul lays out is the promises. The promises to the redeemed are yes in him and amen in him. And now, now, now we, have to, we have to figure out the him. The him, of course, is Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? That you don't have an inheritance outside of Jesus. Can I get a witness? In, in, in him is life. In him, amen, is regeneration. In him was election. In him was predestination. In him, amen, was love. In him was grace. In him was mercy. In him was peace. In him was provision. So what Paul begins to do in this context, and I want you to see this, in, in, in Deuteronomy 11, it says, listen, for if you, conditional, Diligently keep these commandments. Stop. If you keep these commandments, the writer Moses in Deuteronomy 11 says, then God will drive your problems from you. We're dealing with ifs and thens. If you pay close attention to the principles and the commandments and keep them, then I will make sure the promises are yours. Are you getting me? And, 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 and so what begins to happen is that Deuteronomy chapter 11 deals with the ifs and the thens because the law was always conditional. Can I get a witness? If you walk in my ways. If, if, you, if you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, if you cleave to him, then I'll bless you. Now we understand that portion of scripture. The problem is none of us meet it. None of us love the Lord with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our minds, and cleave to him. So the problem is, if none of us meet this, then that's a problem. But what is the privilege? The privilege is, when you and I were redeemed by Jesus, when he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose again, and placed you in him. When the Holy Spirit placed you in Christ, placed, amen, the Holy Spirit in you. Can I get a witness? Once you were saved and placed in him, then all things are of him. Because he lives, we live. Because he's a man, king, we are remnants of the kingdom. Are you getting this? Because he died for us, we are forgiven. We are righteous, we are justified, we, we are adopted. Are you getting me this morning? And, 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 and so only Jesus Christ met all of the requirements of the law perfectly. Only Jesus could satisfy a holy God. And this is why you're going to go to hell if you try to go on your merit. For all have sinned and falling short of the glory of God. There's, no, there, there's none righteous, no, not one. So Jesus, according to Deuteronomy, 
he met all the demands of the law and he fulfilled the law perfectly. Thank God for Jesus. So, 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 so when it says to me that because I'm in Christ, what belongs to Jesus belongs to me. I'm a co-heir, are you getting this? With Christ. Old things are passed away, all things become new. So what Paul begins to do, Paul says, okay, let's deal with the positional theology that now that you are in Christ, born again, blood washed, redeemed, saved, elected, predestinated, chosen, called, all these things belong to you. They're yours because of him. Not because of Buddha, because of Jesus. Not because of your favorite fraternity sorority, because of Jesus. Not because of the Masons, because of Jesus. Not because of the Muslims, because of Jesus. Only Jesus met all the demands of a holy God. Can I get a witness? And that's why he said on the cross, it is finished. He completed the redemptive work needed for you and I to get the benefits. But Paul comes out and says, now wait a minute now, there's another, there's another piece to this that if I'm going to be a recipient of all of these promises, even though Jesus met the requirements, there must be some righteousness principles in my life, in him. God don't bless mess. Pause and purposely. Look what Paul dives into the text. In chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians verse 12, I want to suggest three things that Paul brings out that even though we're saved, if we're going to have the promises of God activated, I think every born-again believer must Amen. Have these three things operate in their lives. The first one in verse 12, for our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our what? Conscience. Paul, Paul first deals with this matter of a clear conscience. Now don't let your conscience be your God because your conscience could be seared. The Lord, the Lord, the word is your guide. This word conscience comes from two Latin words, con which means with, and sire, which means to know. And, and it means, conscious means to know with, to know what? To know right from wrong. Right accuses, I mean right, right uh, accu- uh, uh, the, the right thinking of our conscience will accuse us when we're wrong, amen, and it will tell us we're right when we're right. And listen to this, when the window of this light gets dirty, and it can get dirty. Yeah, because we disobey the light. The light becomes dimmer and dimmer, and the voice becomes fainter and fainter. When you stop listening to God, and you got this self-propelled plan, God's voice becomes faint. And the light becomes dim. Paul had a good conscience. That's why he could stand firm. Can I get a witness? In Jesus Christ. It's in verse 12 that he talks about, and I want to bring this up. He talks about this matter of not having a blurred conscience, having a clear conscience. And if you read the text, I don't have time to cover it, he goes into the, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit who anoints us and the Holy Spirit, amen, who empowers us, who enables us. But let me talk about this struggle with the clear conscience. I don't know about you, but I struggle with a clear conscience. I said this this morning, I fight daily to keep my conscience clear. Are you getting this? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That is, 
I need a clear conscience in my purpose. Let me, let me talk about my purpose. My purpose as the pastor of this church is to feed, lead, disciple God's flock. It's not politics. It's not making money. Are you getting this? It's not opening up a business. I got to keep my purpose pure before God. Now, let me, let me say something to you about my leadership, and, and, and you can think what you want. I don't, uh, I'm not one that needs people acceptance or approval of me. Now, now, let me stop. There's some people, they don't make good leaders because they need you to accept them. They would rather do a consensus. Well, what do you think? What do you think about what I'm doing? What do you, how, how do you like what I'm working on? They need that. And they're not good leaders. They're not. A good leader doesn't need a consensus on whether you accept what they're doing or not. A good leader going, he prays to God, gives God's direction, and does it. And trusts God with the results. This is tight. I don't let people hold me hostage. Now, I don't agree with that. I don't care what you agree with. God bless you. I ain't fooling with that. I, I, don't need, I don't have a need. I don't have a need for you to accept me. Thank God I don't have a need for you to accept me. Amen? And, and listen, the, the second thing, I don't, I don't have a need for you to approve me. I answer to a higher calling. I pray to God for vision. I pray to God for direction. He gives it to me. Then I got some godly elders around me with, with insights. I got godly chiefs around me with insights. And then I pray about what they say. And I keep moving. The proof is in the pudding. I don't have time to keep stopping and starting. Well, poor, what do you think about this? Poor, I ain't fine with that. I lead, you follow. And if you don't want to follow, stay still. I don't fool with that. Now, now, let me tell you why I'm like that. See, I learned that from the military. Because good leaders, amen, lead. You got this? You can't lead and plead at the same time. You can't lead and please at the same time. Are y'all getting this? If you're going to lead, lead. Can I get a witness? And, and, child, and child of God, that I, I've got to be clear in my purpose. And there are times when my conscience is not always clear about my purpose. Amen. Well, you going? And I've got to get back in that word. And the word will clarify my purpose. Your purpose is to reach, teach, and disciple. Your purpose is to preach the word in season, out of season. Your purpose is to save souls. Your purpose, your purpose, your purpose is to exalt Jesus Christ. So I don't give a kitty what anybody thinks. And, and, and look, and, then, and see, that gets me in trouble with people because they want you to need them. Oh, I'm preaching now. I'm, just, I'm giving you a fact of life, God. Now, you should listen to everybody, pray about everything, but you shouldn't be held hostage by people. I've had meetings in the past where I get around a large table and listen to everybody, and then I, I say, okay, thank you guys so much. Thank you, thank you. Well, Pastor, what are you going to do? I'm going to do what I started to do. In the name of Jesus, that's it, you know, that's it. Am I right? But it's not always clear. I don't always have a clear conscience on the principles of God. See, I struggle like you do. This old flesh gets in the way. Can I get a witness? My feelings get in the way. Oh, you ain't getting this. My, my, my fragmented history gets in the way. Can I get, I'm just like you, you just like me. We all messed up. Can I get a witness? Child, child, child of God. And, and when the principles are not clear, I got to say, Lord, what are you saying to me? And then I got to have an ear to hear him. 
Now, if, I, if my conscience is not clean and clear, I can't even hear God. His voice is faint. Come on now. The light's not on. It's dark in the room. And, and at best, I'm taking a guess of what I think God is saying. That's why every Sunday morning, I, this is not a bragging point, it's for you to understand. I'm up at 2.30 in the morning. Nobody in my family's up. I'm up, I'm on the floor prostrate in prayer. I'm praying to my Lord for this Sunday. I ain't praying for Monday, I'm praying this Sunday. This is a new dynamic. I want him to confirm what I'm about to preach what I'm about to do. Are you praying with me? Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so, child of God, my, my, my conscience is not always clear on the principles. Third, my conscience is not always clear about purity. Oh, we getting quiet up in here today. I fight to remain pure. It's hard. Is it hard for you? Yeah. It's hard living in this filthy world, this sin-cursed, sexual, pleasuristic world. It's hard staying pure. Oh, I'm tempted. Aren't you tempted? Aren't you tempted to go another way? Aren't you tempted to do another thing? Aren't you tempted to go back to Egypt? Y'all ain't got to say, man, let me look at the clock. My needs ain't being met. I don't feel love. I don't, come on now. You know how we get. On any given Sunday, and I ain't talking about football. I got to fight. I got to fight. If you're going to stay pure, boy, you're going to have to fight. Satan going to set everything up in front of you. Satan going to set the table for you? Oh, your wife ain't get you there? Oh, let me set the table. Oh, the church don't preach it? Let me set the table. Can I get a witness? You, 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 and you can't sit back, amen, trying to make it on your feelings. You, you, you got to, as Paul says, have a clear conscience. Not only on purpose and principles and purity, but you got to pray without pouting. You got to learn to praise God when you don't see it, you don't feel it, you don't know it, you don't know where it's coming from, you don't know when it's going to get there, you don't know how he's going to work it out, you just got to pray. You, you see, you got to come, that's why they talk about that helmet of salvation. We don't talk about that enough in Ephesians. The helmet of salvation, when you put on a helmet, it's to protect your mind. And you better come up in here protecting your mind, because Satan got darts to go at your mind. Can I get a witness? Yeah, Satan got darts to go after your mind, to go after your will, to go after your feet, to go after, come on now, you ache in the name of Jesus. You, you got to come away knowing. You can't, you can't be guessing. You got you to gotta come away knowing and child of God that this battle is that I got to stop the blurring of my conscience. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get a witness? Paul, 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 Paul says, look. He says, right there in verse 12, he says, the testimony of our conscience that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our life and conversation in the world and are abundantly toward you. Clear conscience. God knows in my life, my conscience has not always been cleared. It's been cluttered. Cluttered conscience. God, God says, I want all that moved away. I want you to live with a clear conscience. How do I get there? Start cleaning the room up. Stop trying to be slick with an all-knowing God. You've been slick so long that you think you've outslicked God. You have deceived people so long 
that you are deceiving yourself. God says, if all the promises are going to click in, you got to have a clear conscience. You know, secret motives here, secret motives here, and 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 God, God, the Holy Spirit is calling out for a clear conscience. I was talking to Dr. R.A. Williams from L.A., California last night. Called him up. How you doing? Hey, Gordon. Because he's coming. He's our revivalist this year. He powerful preacher. He said, Doc, I was in New Orleans preaching, and I went back to the hotel, turned TV on, I heard, Jesus! <laughs> Jesus! Oh, yeah, yeah. That's my heart. Here's the thing. Whether you want to admit it or not, listen to this, you are impacting somebody else's life. You're either impacting it for good, or you're impacting it for bad. You're either an example or an exhibit. Lord, have mercy. And God's going to hold us accountable for all the people that listened to you and took your counsel that led them astray. Are you getting this? So, so, so he, he's talk, Paul, Paul begins by this matter of a clear, clear conscience. Look at the second thing Paul, Paul, Paul deals with. I want to move as expeditiously as possible. And in ch second chapter, verse 4, we see the faith in God's promises. Listen to this. He not only deals with a clear conscience, he deals with a compassionate heart. Look at verse 4. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart. Now, now stop, 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 stop. Because when I explain this verse to you, it's going to mean something to you. Out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote unto you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that ye might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. Now here's what I want you to pick up. Look how many negatives stand in the way of him expressing love. Love is costly. Look, look what he says, much affliction, anguish of heart, ready to faint, ready to quit, tears, many tears, being grieved. Here's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying the second factor to all the promises kicking in for you is a compassionate heart of love. Now, now, now let me, let me, as expeditiously as possible, explain what he's saying. The problem, and that's why, you know, I tell Reverend Tunstall, I tell Sherman Hopkins, they two great preparers for marriage. They do all the marriage counseling. Instead of you telling people that want to get married, yeah, well, here's 10 things the wife got to do and 10 things the husband got to do. Forget all that. You've got to bring them in for counseling and discern whether they are loving material. You can't love me as your husband if you don't love yourself. I can't love you as my wife if I'm still messed up from my past and I don't even know what love is. If I've been fractured, if I've been raped, if I've been molested, if something has happened to me in my past and my mind is still in knots and my heart is still in knots, can I get a witness? How am I gonna walk up the aisle and make a pledge to you? You, 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 you got to let the Holy Ghost untangle. You got to let the Holy Ghost bring healing to all that stuff. Can I get away? Y'all ain't got to say amen. It's true. If a man cannot love his wife, he does not love himself. 
You sit at the same, well, I'm in trouble. No, no, no. Holy Spirit's already on it. The Holy Spirit is already bringing the healing. The Holy Spirit has already identified what needs to take place. It's not all your husband. It's not all your wife. Some of this stuff is in your DNA. Yes, sir. And because you're self-centered, amen, because you're self-centered and self-secret, selfish, self-motivated, you ain't even got the inclination to see it. Can I get a witness? Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. Look at this. Look at this. He's talking about this compassionate heart. Chapter 2, 111, a love which puts, here it is, verse 1 to 4, a love that puts others first. Stop. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm going to walk this pulpit. You know why we can't put others first? We just like crabs in the basket. We're so afraid we won't be noticed. I've had people say, Pastor, can I say something on your behalf? And the minute they say it, I said, this ain't for my behalf. It's for their behalf. You can tell when it's for somebody else who's for you. Can I get a witness? Yeah. What does it take to just serve somebody else? Your name's not mentioned. There's nothing coming back to you. Just giving to somebody else. Somebody said, if I can just help somebody along life's way, then my living will not be in vain. To you educators, just taking a, a, a deprived student in your class and not telling the whole not telling the whole school, but in your heart. Say, you know what? I'm going to help that young, young, young girl out. I'm going to make a, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm give this boy some tutoring. I'm going I'm to help him. He don't have a daddy. Can I get a witness? We got to learn to come out of our private zones and help somebody else. Hmm. A love that puts others first. But secondly, verse 5 and 6, a love that helps others to grow. Look what Paul says, 2-5. But if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part that I may not overcharge you. Then he goes on to say, sufficient to a man is this punishment, which was inflicted of many. But contrawise, verse 7, ye ought rather to forgive him. Now, now here, here, here's what Paul is laying out. When my love is not self-centered, self-motivated, all about me, some of us, all we about is us, our kids, and our house. You need to go home and read the book of Haggai. And, and God said to the prophet Haggai, I tell them, this is why they got holes in their pockets. Because every time you make more money, I'm letting the money come out. You got to spend it for something else that just came up because you forgot my house. Can I get a witness? And, and so, child of God, we, 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 we need to understand, the more I reach out and help others, God loops around and helps mine. Can I get a witness? The more I extend myself to others, the Lord takes care of my family. The more I, the more I give to the unprivileged, the Lord loops around and makes sure that I got food in my cupboard, clothes on my back, and money in my pocket. You, you got to learn... Amen. Not only to love outside of yourself, but you got to learn to love people to grow. To grow. Mike Poole ain't getting a dime. Professional, corporate level, powerful, spiritual preacher. He's in charge of all discipleship. He ain't getting a dime. But he's helping people to grow. Are you getting this? We, we, got, we got to have a love that in spite of the poisons in people, and there's some poisons, Doc. Listen, 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 listen. I, I, I know, I know, y'all. Pastor's hard. Now, Sister Gordon said something I don't agree with her, but she, pastor's hard, pastor, pastor. No, you should have saw Raymond Maurice in the world. Yeah, man. You'd have really got something. 
Because I would have told you, I don't give a good kitty what you or your mother thinks. I, I don't care what you think. You know, I, because that's the way I rolled. I don't care what you think. I'm not here for your opinion. You, you can't hurt me. I ain't here for you. You know what I mean? But since I've been saved, the Lord is changing my words. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory. I'm an heir of salvation. Amen. You know, the fact of the matter is that I had to learn to love people who, listen, are in opposition to me. Love them. They're devils. Love the devil. They're full of hell. Love the hell out of them. They're no good. Love them. Love them anyhow. They've been talking about you. Love them anyhow. Why? Because the more you love, God's going to let them be like coals of fire. He's going to let shame come back on them. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Isn't that right? I dare you to love folk that hate you. I dare you to pray for them to despitefully use you. I dare you to wish well to them that mean you no good. I dare you to, I, I dare you to say, Lord, bless them. Anyhow. Can I get a witness? You, you know, that's a Christ-given love. Can I get a witness? If you love them that love you, God says you ain't do nothing tough. It's when you're able to cross the street and go up to somebody who tried to cut you off. Somebody that tried to work evil at you. Somebody that tried to hook you up and say, baby, you know what? I love you anyhow. In the name of Jesus, child of God, that's biblical love. That's love. That's love. But look what love extends to. Verse 7. The ability to forgive and forget. Not hold accounts. Oh, we're going to get quiet now. I'll never forget what you said to me. Oh. I'll die with that on my lips. And you will die. How many of y'all got a problem with forgiveness? Be honest. No, no, don't do this. Put your hand up. All right. That takes healing. You tried to hurt me, but I'm going to help you. You tried to curse me, but I'm going to comfort you. Can I get a witness? Child, 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 child of God. Paul, 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 Paul is saying that this type of love is not natural. The Adamic one nature that's in us is not a nature that can produce love. That stuff we did in the world wasn't love. It was lust. Baby, I love you. See how long this lasts. B.B. King said, the thrill is gone. Can I get a witness? And I'm gone with it. I sat with a psychiatrist and I sat with a highly decorated counselor who was a doctor. Bruce knows both of them. And the guy said, uh, you know, Ray, uh, in, a, in, in, our, in our session, he said, Ray, you know what kind of personality you have? I said, what's that? He said, you a lot like me. I said, well, what's that? He said, you the kind that will smile and uh, at 9 o'clock, your wife and children are waiting for you to come home. Where's that? I don't know. And they'll never see you again. You'll walk away and say, I'll see them in heaven. 
I'm starting a new life. I'm out. I'm gone. River dirt you. And I said, that's deep. He said, no. And he was sharing with me that he actually did it. He said he came home and he was at the dinner table. His wife and his teenage boys was there. And, he, and, and, and the wife says something and the boys laugh. And they were you know, like they were, he said, all y'all against me. <laughs> he said he packed up and went to Michigan. He said, forget it. They had, to, they had to send somebody to get him. I said, that's interesting. Amen. So the fact of the matter, what is the fact of the matter? I'm trying to, am I leaving Sister G or what? I, I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, you know, it'll come back. It'll come back. Was it conscience? <laughs> but, but, but the fact of the matter is, is that God, God holds us to, listen, he holds us to a compassion, to a love. Because you know why people act up around you? Because they don't love themselves. People that murmur, people that curse, people that are angry, people that want to attack you, they don't love themselves. That's why they can't love you. And the next time you see somebody acting out like that, here's what you say to them. I love you, but it's obvious you don't love yourself. Then be ready to fight. <laughs> He's taking too long to preach. You don't love yourself, do you? You know why? Because, listen, when I keep complaining about you, something you said, something you did, I watch everything, it's a spotlight on what's going on inside of me. There's rejection, there's anger, there's low esteem, there's no love, and in order to love others, you got to know that God loves you. Can I get a witness? Oh, this thing is deep, saints. It's deep. So, so, the, so the, second, the, the second thing that Paul talks about is this matter of compassionate, a compassionate heart. And we love you, brothers and sisters. We, go, we, we, we send buses out every second Sunday to pick you up. We love having you here. You, 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 you bring a delight to our flock, to our church. It's a testimony. We love having you here. Amen. And... But just know that every second Sunday, y'all taking somebody's seats. So there's somebody spread out in here saying, yeah, here we go again. They're letting them bus people in here. bus people in here. I thought I threw that out parenthetically. So while y'all sitting there, look down on the seat. Here, look down on the seat and say, I'll be gone pretty soon. Amen. But that's just the way folks think. Why are you bringing all these people up in here? See, that, that's just, it's a microcosm of what's here. Are you getting me? If all I do is fuss and cuss and complain and murmur, it's a microcosm of what's in here. Clear conscience, compassionate heart. And the third and last thing that we see, the favor of God's promises and you can't leave home without this, is a conquering faith. My God. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and, and verse 12 to 17 is our text. Our, as, as we close, look, look with Paul, and, and he's dealing with, as he talks about meeting Titus, this matter of a conquering faith. Not a snippet of faith. Not a short duration of faith. A conquering faith. You got to believe that no matter what is going on in your life, God has not left you. You, you got to have a conquering faith that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a stand against it. You got to have a faith that can conquer victory. Can I get a witness? 
that, 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 that child of God, I'm in straits now, and I'm, I'm going through hell now, and the marriage is on the rocks, and the children are wayward, and I, I can't see a way out. But God, you, you, you gotta, you gotta have a conquering faith. You, you are not gonna make it in this life hoping, and, and, and you're not gonna make it in this life guessing. You got to know that God cannot lie. That he that had begun a good work in you will keep on doing it to the day of Jesus Christ. That I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Can I get a witness? Can I get you? You you got to know that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Can I get a witness? You you got to have a conquering faith. That, 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 that if you came in here and you don't have a job, you got you, you to have the boldness to stand up here and just keep quoting promises. And say, I know somebody out there is going to hire me, so let me keep on pulling up the promises. My God is an awesome God. Can I get a witness? I bore you on eagle's wings. I took you from the cradle to the grave. Can I get a witness? The Lord will not let the oil cease flowing. Can I get a witness? Yeah. When I was down, he lifted me up. Um, uh, when I'm sick, he heals my body. Um, when I'm in the straits, he, he steps into my situation. you got to have a conquering faith. Your faith can't come from the choir. Your faith can't come from the pastor. Your faith can't come from the fellowship. you got to come in the door with a faith. Can I get a witness? Um, I was, yeah, I was in trouble, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Can I get a witness? And Paul is talking about a triumphant faith. In verse 12, look what he says. Uh, when I came to Troas to preach Christ, a door was open to me. You got to look for doors, Doc. You, you can't talk about windows being closed. You, you got to get up in the morning and say, Lord, there's a door that's going to open up in the name of Jesus. God, I'm going to go through the door because you are the God that opens doors. Can I get a witness? You are the God of the mountains and the valleys. You, you are the God of the sun, moon, and the stars. You are the God of the universe. You, you are the God of the oceans. You are the God, yes you are. You are the God of the birds and the beasts. Can I get a witness? And God, all I gotta do is keep praising you and keep waiting on you and keep thanking you in advance for the victory. Can I get a witness? I'm talking about a conquering faith because Hebrews 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Can I get a witness? But child of God, look at verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. I'm going to leave you right here today. That word triumph was a picture that Paul painted. It comes from the Romans. Can I get a witness? When a Roman general went to a far enemy land and killed over 5,000 people and took the land and came back to Rome with a caravan of the goodies, the spoils, and the prisoners. Do I have a witness? They threw him a ticker tape parade in Rome. When the general came back to Rome, amen, all of the paper was coming out of people's windows as the, as the Roman general was riding on a golden chariot with all of his officers around him. The spoils behind him and everybody, amen, was waving praises to the general. Not because he went around the corner and won a battle, but he went to a far land and won a battle. He defeated an enemy, and the Roman priest would start burning incense. And the smell of incense to the enemy meant defeat, but the smell of incense to the Romans meant victory. Y'all see where I'm going with this. And Paul talks about our triumph in Christ, that Jesus came from a far land, to a place called earth. He came in a makeshift delivery room. 
while cows and sheep stared at him, he burst into time. He lived 33 long years. Then he come to a foreign land. He defeated an enemy called Satan. Can I get a witness? He messed up all of his goods. He led captivity captive. He gave gifts to men. Can I get a witness? So when Jesus went back to glory, angelic host said, right on. King Jesus, right on. He is triumphant. Can I get a witness? And because I'm in him, I am triumphant. So God says, because you're living with a clear conscience, because you have a compassionate love, and because you dare have a conquering faith, watch out Raymond Gordon, because all the promises of God are yea and amen in him. Abraham, I am your shield and exceedingly great reward. Genesis 15, Abraham, do the lad no harm. Genesis 22, put the knife up. There is a ram caught in the thicket. And the name of this place is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who will provide himself with a sacrifice. Can I get a witness? Jeremiah 31, <laughs> I have plans for you, plans of good, not of evil, to bring you to a desired end. Isaiah 54, but no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Can I get a witness? And we know all things are working together for the good of them who are called and according to his purpose. Can I get a witness? See, God says when you got a clear conscience, a compassionate love, and a conquering faith, all of the 3,000 promises starts falling into your life. They fall into your children's life. They fall into your marriage. They fall into your ministry. I dare you to claim the promises. All, I said all of the promises of God are yea and amen in him. When you get hungry, I'll make sure food's on your table. When you get thirsty, I'll make sure water's at your disposal. When you're naked, I'll put clothes on your back. I'll order your steps. I'll lead you by cloud by day, pillar fire by night. I'll give you provisions. I'll give you peace. I'll give you promotion, but I'll give you power. God. He's an on-time God. All the promises of God are yea. I said yea and amen in him. Now unto him who's able to keep you from falling and to present you formless. Say got them all. You got them all. You got them all. You got them all. But you got to have a clear conscience. A compassionate love and a conquering faith and all the promises of God kick in and they are yea and amen in him. As every head's bow, your eyes closed. If you need to be saved today, raise your hand. Jesus Christ wants to save you. That's right. Be honest with God. I see your hands. If your hand is raised, come on, Gary. If your hand's raised, 
Come on up here, brothers. Come on up. Come on up, brothers. Look at Jesus. Brother Arnold, come on down here. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on, guys. Need to be saved. It starts here. It starts here. It starts here. Love you, boy. Love you. Come on. Look at Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's it. Come on. You need to be saved, man. Come on, brother. Come on. We love you, man. We love you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I want you to step out. If you want to join the church and the Christian experience, step out. Anybody want to join this church, step out. Come on out now. Come on. Come on. That's it, baby. Come on. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Come on. Come on. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Hi, baby. Hi, baby. Amen. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. There's another. You want to join the church in the Christian experience or be saved? Step out. Step out. Step out. Step out. In the name of Jesus. Balcony. Come on. Come on, baby. Come on. We're gonna we gonna we gonna wait for you, Doc. We're gonna wait for you, baby. Come on. There you go. Come on, baby. Come on. Come on. Here, baby. Here. Is there another? Is there another? Come on, is there another? Is there another? Listen to me, listen, listen to Pastor. We're getting very close. Listen. All I've got to do is be yielded yes, to the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord and rightly divide the word. And he said, my word will never come back void. Amen. You know what brought all these people up front? The word. Amen. The Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ. Is there another? You need to step out. Is there another? Come on, center. You need to be saved or you want to join the church. Don't be, Jesus said, if you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed yes, of you. Yes, yes. Is there another? We welcome you. Come on, baby, you want to come? Come on, baby, you want to come. Can you back up, brother? She want to come. Come on, she want to come. It's... Come on, baby. I'm going to walk with you, all right? I'm going to walk with you, baby. I'm going to walk, I'm gonna walk with you. I'm going to walk with you. Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? You want to step out for Jesus. Step out for Jesus Christ. Once he saves you, he's got you. He's going to work out everything. Is there another? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there another? All right. Brother said, put your pride to the side. All right. Praise Jesus. Brother Arnold, Gary, Wayne, come on down here. Take these people. Luther, take them. Roy, come on. Lead them to Christ. We love them. Come on. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. All right. Praise Jesus. Listen, let me say something to you. And this is a point of fact, not fiction. What you're seeing here is unusual. You better know the power of the Holy Spirit is in this place. Can I get a witness? This is God all by himself. We're going to ask everybody at the end of the service to come down front who's fellowshipping with us, discipleship, new members, orientation. We love you. Wednesday will be a beautiful day. We'll have core. We love you. We thank God for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, there are no promises without the principles, a clear conscience, a compassionate love, 
and a conquering faith. Father, we thank you for Jesus, the author, finisher, and sustainer of our faith. Bless your people. Bless our homes. Bless our children. Bless the works of our hands and the thoughts of our mind. Now dismiss us with your choices, benediction, and thank you for the anointing on these souls. In Jesus' name, amen.